anyone interested in RC airplanes. We'll share tips and tricks on how to build models and talk about successful flights, epic crashes, and everything in between. Visit us at rcplanelab.com to sign up for our email list and to ask us questions. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now here are your hosts, Ron and Tom. 16 seconds of silence. <laughs> 16 whole seconds. 16 seconds. 16 seconds of nothing but dead air. Silence. Silence. Uh, so I'm going to start off this episode by apologizing <laughs> to everybody that downloaded uh, last week's episode and started off with 16. 16 seconds of silence. That's completely on me. Uh, and I am sorry about that. You heard it here, folks. Ron doesn't <laughs> seldom make mistakes, but he did last week. Hold on. You just said I. Ron doesn't seldom make mistakes. I yeah, caught that. Like... <laughs> that. That's saying Ron always makes mistakes. I was hoping you wouldn't catch that. I definitely did. You did. Nothing gets by you except 16 <laughs> seconds of silence. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry about that. Um, apparently, uh, that's my fault. And when I was doing the editing, it, uh, I just forgot to take the 16 seconds of silence out of the beginning of the episode. Um, it has been fixed and re-uploaded. However, I think people are still downloading somehow the old file. Uh, whatever. Just so you know. If you downloaded last week's episode and got 16 seconds of silence, I apologize. Well, if you didn't, you could forget say, this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, you could say that you did it um, on purpose so that you could have 16 seconds to reflect on last the week prior's episode so that you're starting fresh on the new episode. I don't know. I'm grasping for I'm trying to help you out. That's not helping at all. Yeah. Um, and I would like to thank, by the way, our friend Joe over at the Aviation RC Noob Podcast. He's the one that pointed it out to me with uh, by sending me a text at 3.30 in the morning. Nice. Um, Joe, I swear I was already awake, so hey, don't Joe, worry about it. If you're listening, you have my permission to text Ron at 3.30 anytime you like. <laughs> Any day you like. I was going to say That's at 3.30, any time you like. Any day, every day, even if you want to. There it's fine go. with me. No, but anyway, <laughs> thank you for pointing it out. Otherwise, I would have had no clue. Um, but it's fixed, I think. Somewhat fixed. We're good. I don't know. Uh, but we're going to move on now. So, yeah. So. yeah. It, Hello, yeah. everyone, and welcome <laughs> to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I am Ron. And I'm Tom. 16th. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ron really feels bad about it. I do. I, I really don't like making mistakes. Like as um, soon as I walked in this evening to to get started, that was the first thing that you wanted to talk about. It was. You you really felt were bad. Upset. I was. About making it, it, that you know, mistakes happen. I know, but I don't like when I do it. I'm okay when other people make mistakes, but I don't like being the one to do it. Well, I don't think anyone likes it. Some people. I, mean, I don't like. I don't <laughs> like making mistakes either. Well, you don't do any of the editing and stuff, so well, you can't true. make a mistake. Well, not not as far as that. No, but just in in life. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> right. I don't like making mistakes either. But all right, it was good of you to own it. Well, that's the only way to do it, right? Exactly. Otherwise, you know. Anyway, honesty is always the best policy. Truer words have never been spoken. Well, old and wise. Uh, Old is definitely <laughs> true. Thanks. So, duelist updates. What? Yeah. Uh, well, let's get into that really quick. What did you get done on yours? Hey, before I get into my duelist updates. So let's not by get the way, into duelist updates. Okay. I did get a lot done, so I'm really excited to to talk about my updates. But before I do that, 
I'm going to hit up the forums again. Uh, tell all of our listeners that uh, we have forums. Some activity on the forums, which we like to see. We always want to see more. So uh, there's stuff that I've put out there. There's stuff that you've put out there. There's stuff that other forum members have put out there. Um, we'd like to really see that take off. So if you got a minute, go hit the uh, hit the forums up. There's a link right on the uh, RSA Plain Lab webpage. It's easy to find. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> post pictures of your airplanes. Uh, we've been hitting you guys up for, and gals, up for airplane pictures. Can't get enough of them. Keep them coming. So... Yeah. With that out of the way, I'll talk about my Duelist updates. Okay. I got a ton of work done. Really? I really did. What'd you do? Well, the wing is nearly ready for covering. Really? I mean, it's really, really close. I've got just a few really minor things like the wing tips. That'll be, you know, maybe an hour's worth of work. And I have to finish up my ailerons. And that won't be much work either. So, uh Really super excited. I got a lot done. I had five days off over the weekend. So I actually got to work on the duels for a couple of days, solid days, like from the time I got up to the time I went to bed with a few breaks in between. Really? Yeah, it was awesome. Well, color me jealous. So where do I start with the up? So I think the last update I gave everyone was I, um, you cut the formers <laughs> for the nacelles for me. <laughs> and I think I may have had them glued together. Well, not only are they glued together, the nacelles are complete. They're uh, assembled, they are fitted and glued to the wing. They are now integral structures of the wing. Wow. Uh, the engines, I decided on a mounting that uh, was satisfactory to me. Uh, I sort of made a compromise. They're not upright and they're not side-mounted. They're almost kind of a hybrid side-slash-invert mount. And the reason I did that is because I wanted the tune pipes to run center right down the, the nacelle on the bottom. So they're in line with the nacelle along the bottom. Oh, so when the exhaust comes out, it literally goes... Equidistant from the fuselage <laughs> center line. Look at you go, big How word. How about that? Nice. Uh, full disclosure, I had to do it that way because <laughs> I wanted to mount them on their side. I'm not a huge fan of inverted mounted engines. Obviously, for obvious reasons, of some of the issues we had with the Telemaster yeah. uh, and various other engines over the years. Inverted engines, I, I just try to avoid them when I can. So They don't seem to run as well. I mean, it's, it's possible to get them, but sometimes it's harder to figure it, it out. It's more difficult, to, especially to get them tuned correctly. But you like to tinker, so that's okay, I do okay, like to right? tinker. But on, the, on this particular project, um, I was going for side-mounted. And the problem with that is on the get this right, on the right-hand engine, on the number two engine, having the engine on its side uh, put the pipe directly in line with the right main landing gear. So then I was going to have to either do something weird with the pipe and put it at an angle, and I didn't like the looks of that. So now I was like, <laughs> excuse me. I apparently, then I was like, burp. Wow. Um, I was so distraught that I burped. And uh, no, anyway, so... <laughs> Laying the engine on its side wasn't going to work for the number two engine. And putting them upright, I didn't like the looks of having the pipes mount. I mean, they they would be offset. Like they, you know, the right engine, you know, the exhaust would be over on the right-hand side. Well, then the left engine would also be on the right-hand side. It just didn't look right. Mm -hmm. So then the next best option was to kind of side invert 
they're almost like at a 45 degree angle between inverted and side mounted. Um, and that put the pipes right straight down the center line of the nacelle. And it actually looks really, really cool. Yeah, I bet it would. Uh, so yeah, I've got, uh, I got the nacelle done. All of the, um, all of the sanding is done. So I, I stuck with the plan profile. Uh -huh. So I have them shaped, you know, teardrop shaped, just like the plans. And I have the cool, you know, cut out where like a exhaust would be, you know, on like a turboprop engine. You know, if oh, you're like on the with side like of where it would be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so those are, are there. Um, and it looks really cool. And I got to tell you, if you don't own a belt sander <laughs> and you want, you plan on building a lot of balsa airplanes, get one. Yeah. Man, I, I cannot tell you how happy I was to have that thing and how short it made that, that whole process. Only problem though, it's very easy to oversand. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I've done it, is. it before. Oh, I have too. So, um, but I've done it with the sanding block before too. Oh, really? So, yeah, especially with soft balsa. And I was dealing with some really, really soft balsa, which that helped the process too. But uh, so with soft balsa, it's easy to repair it because you can always add more balsa to it and then sand it back down, which is you know a good way of doing still things. with yeah. a belt sander. Even if you have to do that once or twice, it's still faster than slaving away with a, a sanding block, you know, with down in your basement, creating all this dust. Yeah. So belt sander, if you don't own one, that should be our tool of the week. Everybody should, who's going to build balsa airplanes should have one of these things. Even now, the little small one, like the little, I think they make a three inch one that's really, really tiny. Even that would be so much, so handy to have in the workshop. Now, when you say belt sander, do you mean the handheld belt sander that is like a belt sander, or do you mean like the tabletop mounted? Yeah, I'm talking about the tabletop one that has the belt, and then it also has a disc on, oh, the, yeah. on the like a yeah. four inch sander right. kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, those are very nice. Oh man. Yeah. Made made such quick work of that. Just marked my outline, what I wanted the shape to look like, and sand it to the outline, and then did some, you know, smoothing, rounding the edges, all of that on the belt sander. I, I really didn't spend much time with a sanding block by hand on my nacelles. Yeah, that's handy. Which is awesome. <laughs> that's that's what I get to do this week yeah. on my fuselage. Yeah. Fire so, up your belt sander. I plan on it. Yeah. I was out there with my nacelles doing the same thing, but I didn't have nearly as much uh, shaping to yeah. do as you did. Right. Since I'm going with more of the square look. Right. Right. Also known as the lazy look. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. No, but you thought it. <laughs> Well, maybe I thought it a little bit. A lot, but that's uh, okay. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so the nacelles are, are glued to the wing. They're permanently attached. I also built the uh, throttle servo mounts. They're, oh. they're sort of buried in the leading edge of the wing that's kind of in the nacelle area, if that makes sense. So how are you going to be able to get to those? Do you have a hatch? I built hatches. Nice. Yeah, that's something else I did. I built uh, hatches on the bottom and the top. So the complete... I'm really proud of this, actually. The, the whole bottom of the nacelle, that, that cap that, I, that you glue on to the, you know, to the box structure after you get it built, yeah. instead of gluing mine on, I, uh, I mounted mine via uh, nylon screws, like wing bolts. Think of nylon yeah. wing bolts. Sure. And it's completely removed, and I tabbed it so that it would line up perfectly every time you took it off and put it back on. I'm really happy with it. Now I see why you make fun of my build. Because I'm just so simple. Oh, it's, well, it's basic. It was twofold, right? So I wanted I wanted to have access to the to the throttle servos, obviously, to set them up, and I didn't want just a partial hatch, because 
I feel like one solid piece that's solidly bolted in place is more stout or structurally, you know, maintains integrity better than having one piece that's glued and then a smaller hatch piece. I feel like you're breaking up the integrity of the structure. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, could be. Um, I guess. I don't know. But the way I the way I put mine together, it's very, very solid. And then once you put the cap on it and screw them in place, that thing's... And it was yeah, nice also it. because I had a nice access when I went to glue the nacelles on. I had access to all that interior space that I could add fillets of epoxy inside. So you to really will, strengthen it. You'll you'll have to give me pictures to post. I will. Yep. Um, because That's on I'm my I'm not list. quite following exactly the, what you're talking about. So yeah, I'll I'll be interested to see it so I can actually put pictures with your words. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Pictures with my words. Pictures with your words so nice. we can see what you're talking about. Yeah. And yeah, I'll, I'll have those up then if you send them to me by the time this goes live. Yeah, uh, my, my plan was to send them. I was making notes and I've got a lot of pictures to send you. Wonderful. <laughs> time uh, for you have, to learn. I have a lot of captions to write. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so that, there's a big, big one-piece hatch on the bottom. And then on the top, there's a smaller hatch for the, for the fuel tank areas. Okay. Uh, which are also built and fuel-proofed. Wow. Um, so the so tanks, you have actually been busy. Good for I you. I really have. Uh, although it's, I, I mean, I've said this, I've said this a few times. It doesn't look like to look at where I started before the weekend and then where I'm finished to look at it. If, if you didn't know what it took to get, it just doesn't look like much. Cause I did, yeah. I still haven't even started the fuselage, mm. which is, I'm getting to that in a minute, but, okay. um, so yeah, I got the nacelles done. I got the engines mounted. Um, I had to, um, so because I'm using those old Irvine engines, uh, the crankshaft diameters, the crankshafts themselves are the same diameter, but uh, Irvine changed sometime through the manufacturing and production of these engines. They went from a, uh, I call it a stub shaft. KMBs were known for this too. So the crankshaft comes out of the engine and it's a really, really large diameter. In this case, it's three eighths. And then it has a an actual threaded part of the rest of the crankshaft that threads into that. And then you either, you know, you either Loctite it or whatever. And they did that so that if you, the theory was, if you crashed and bent your crankshaft, you would bend that stub shaft. It's almost like a, um, a stud, right? Like an okay. exhaust stud on a, on a car, kind of the same idea. So you would bend that. So instead of having to replace an entire crankshaft after a crash, you would just replace this stub shaft and go about your business. Well, Irvine went away from that design sometime through the manufacturing, uh, th through the production of that engine, and they went to a standard th all-threaded crankshaft all the way down. And you have one of each. So I have, right, I have one of each. For one of the spinners, I had to modify the backplate. I had to bore it out to three-eighths of an inch, which I got to use my other new-to-me tool, my drill press. Got that all indicated and got it bored perfectly centered so I don't have any wobble you mm -hmm. know, when I mount the spinner. And then I had to trim the three spinner cones or the two spinner cones because I'm going to use three-bladed props. Uh, so I got to trim those to fit the props that I'm planning on using too. So I got all of that done, which visually is not a lot of progress, <laughs> but it's time-consuming and nonetheless done. Well, it was a good weekend for it weather-wise. I yeah, mean, it was windy. windy. As all get out. There was so, no flying for me this weekend whatsoever. Uh, no, and it's been that way for like the last, I don't know, four weeks. You know, it, it seems, seems like the weekend. Yeah, just, it seems like every time I have time to where I could go fly if I wanted to, it's, it's too windy to fly. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I, it's been terrible lately. Yeah, I don't remember any fall being this dry and windy, although we did get a little bit of rain this weekend. It, yeah. Folks, let me tell you, it's been dry for months <laughs> around here. Well, it was, what was Saturday? I think 45 mile an hour wind gusts? I mean, it Sunday. was- Sunday. Was that Sunday? Sunday was Whatever big, it was. Yeah, yeah it was really yeah. bad. So, yeah. yeah. It was crazy. Just, wow. Yeah. So, um, the wing right now is sitting um, on my bench with two layers of fiberglass cloth, which I know you wanted to- uh, me to show you how I did that, but I, I wanted to get it done. Well, you can show me on mine. But I can, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll do it on yours. Um, but anyway, that's I've got two layers, you know, a short, narrow layer, and then another wider layer going over the top of that. So my center section is is pretty much done. I just I'll have to do the final sanding, get it smooth. And then uh, what else? Oh, the yeah, I'll have to do the wingtips, but I have the blocks ready for those. And I think I'm going to hollow them out. Are you? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I can see doing that, I guess. Yeah. That'll save a little bit of weight. And then I just have some fuel proofing to do on the uh, in the cowling areas. Um, and that's really it. And then and then mount everything. The four servos, you know, two aileron servos and the two throttle servos and run the linkages. And, I mean, it's ready to cover. Look at you go. I'm really excited. I'm so happy to be where I'm at with this wing. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's been such a long time working on it. It has. I want to get to the tri-motor. <laughs> right. Um, so then additionally, additionally, um, I got the horizontal stab is pretty much done, sanded, ready for covering. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got the vertical stab trimmed to the to the outline on the plan, uh, and that's ready, pretty much ready to cover. So really, uh, what's next for me is the fuselage. And speaking of that, um, you were kind enough to loan me the base that you were using for your adjuster jig. Nope. I didn't loan you anything. I told you I'll cut myself another one well, that's yours. Okay, Especially so since I have, you destroyed it. Well, I didn't destroy <laughs> it. No, I know. So it's funny fine. story. Ron has like all the space in the world to work on his airplanes. He can. He's I, got room for. He could build a half scale airplane in the place that he has to work. Now, me, I would not say that, but yes, I am lucky in the amount of room that I am allowed to have. Um, it's not so much allowed. I mean, Lori would let me have as much as I asked for, but we only have so much space in the house anyway. So once I got the base that you cut for your adjusto jig home and mounted mine to it, actually, I didn't even mount my jig to it. I set it on the table I've been using, <laughs> and it over, you know, the overhang from the table was such that it was actually blocking the door for my son to get in and out of his bedroom. So obviously, that's not going to work. So I did have to trim a little bit off of either end. Yeah, I think when I cut that, it ended up being like 94 inches, the base was itself. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah, and Very that's okay. Very large. It's, and I, I'm glad to be gone or get to, that it's gone um, because I didn't, like I didn't do that Think one exactly how I, no, it was perfect. <laughs> like for me, it worked great. Um, but I didn't get it exactly how I wanted to. Like, you know, whenever you build something and- it's a base. I know it's just a base for a tool. But whenever you do it, after you use it the first time, you realize things you wish you would have changed yes. and done a little bit differently. Yes. Um, like, so I, I, I cut it on the CNC machine out of one inch plywood. And the, I ended up cutting a, a slot in it to hold um, like the, the, the shoebox, what's it called? Not shoebox, but the, the clear oh, tote little tub, yeah. that has all the extra pieces that go to it. Um, and that way when I store it, I can just store it all in there. Well, after I did that the first time, you know, now we have cut or we not cut, we've made the, uh, the standoffs for the, the fuselage. Um, and 
I have a couple extra uh, of the rods that need to be stored with it, and I didn't cut any slots for those to be stored, nor did I cut a, another uh, like place to put a second tote. So now I can actually go back or go back, redesign it, have two totes on it, and a, a slot to store the the uh, the rods. That'll be good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad to be which, gone with that one. Yeah, which by the way, the tote little plastic tub thing fits perfect. Yeah, I have mine the, is apparently exactly like little yours. Little sterilite totes or whatever. Yeah, because it dropped in there. I was like, oh, that's cool. And it's great for storage. Like yeah. I said, once it once we're done with it and not using it, yeah. I'll be able to store it. I may out actually of the put way. a couple of screws in mine to hold it there permanently. Maybe. No, you don't want to do that because then if you're if you're building something long, like if your wing's longer than where that that tote is going to be, you're not going to be able to flip it around. Oh, I see. Because when you build saying. a wing yeah. on there, you can yeah, flip no, no, that no, upside down and get yeah. to it. So yeah, true. Okay. That's why I want it to be removable. Yeah. Well, I won't have the luxury of storing it all in one piece like like you have. You could. No, because even then I think it would hang down far enough to where I'd hit my head on it in my basement. I don't have as tall ceilings as you do here. Well, but no, 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 no. So the way that is designed, it sits up in between the rafters. You literally leave it together. Yes. And you put it up in the rafters and right. it hangs an inch lower than your rafters because it oh, will really? go all the way up to the rafters. That's why I Do designed it that way. Do you have two by eight rafters? Oh, I don't know. So my my floor joists in my house are are there's no there's no way that that the that the two stanchions on either end of that are going to fit completely up in my in my mine, between mine my do if you flip the thing over. So like when when the the adjusto jig is up, it's I, taller. No, I'm, I'm I'm tracking. Okay, but the the stanchions, you know, the one on yeah, either end, the sure. plastic uprights, Pieces. those are. Well, I haven't measured them, but I don't think there's any way that those are going to fit up in between. Because I, I think my floor joists are only two by six, or maybe even, maybe even two no. by eight. I don't know. They're no I, bigger than I've that. never measured, and it doesn't matter. But all I know is that it, it does right. fit up in there for mine. And that even if it doesn't for yours, it might stick down an extra two inches. That's true. And that, like like I said, to me, to have that stored up out of the way to where I don't need it, yeah, it's just so much easier. So that that's that was my whole plan behind doing that. You know, I may be able to do that. Like, I'm sure there's some stuff I can maybe move around right? or sell or yeah. whatever to make room for that. Because it would be handy to leave that in one piece and then... I know. If I had to take it apart every time I wanted to use it, I would be probably honest, not want to put it together. I hadn't really thought that far ahead. <laughs> I was so happy to get it... <laughs> To get my adjusto jig out and mount it to the base that I, I really haven't even thought about what I'm going to do when I'm done with this particular project. Do you have it mounted yet? I mean, do you yeah. have it right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yep. Do you have any of the stuff on? I do. Oh. I've got all the stanchions that you printed for me. Um, those are on it. They're are, not they lined, the... are they lined up yet? What do you mean? Well, you have to space them just No, I, I haven't done that yet. Oh, okay. No, they're, so just they're just on, on there. It. Yeah, okay. Just to... <laughs> and I put five on each rod. You know, mm -hmm. the, you got the big steel... Um, and yeah, it was way longer than I needed to be. So I'm what do you mean? So like, I think six of the formers will fit on one of those oh. uh, rods, and then the. So I still I centered mine though. Oh, did you? Yeah, I don't know why. It just made more sense to me to center it. That way, if I needed to get like to one side, I could easily get to one. I don't know. That makes sense actually. Yeah. Um, I can't. Well, I mean, I can, um, but because of the confined space where I'm working. One end of it ends up being really close to the wall, so I'm probably going to go ahead and move mine all the way to one end, which is where I have good light, also. Okay. But yeah, I mean anyway, whatever works. But anyway, yeah. So I mounted my jig. It's on the base. 
Uh, the base has been trimmed to fit on my <laughs> workbench and to not like cause a um, impedance a, to my son's a catastrophe when he goes out through of his and, room. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, more that was more for me than him because I didn't want him coming out of his room one night and having a fuselage about half built and then him knocking it off the yeah. table or whatever. Because no, that's a good idea. I mean, you know, let's try and make that not happen. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's assembled, it's on the building board. I've got the stanchions on it. Um, and then I was getting ready to put, uh, the fuselage formers and get them spaced out last night. And I just, I ran out of time. It happens. But I'm at a fresh starting point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like anytime I have time, I can get down there and I know, I mean, I'm ready to go. So that's, that's where I'm at with the duelist. I'm really excited. It, like I said, it doesn't look like a lot of progress, <laughs> but I, it's it was a lot of work and actually a lot of fun with that bell sander. Well, the fuselage should be pretty quick for you. I mean, like at least to get I'm to hoping. the point where I am. Yeah. So when you put your formers on and put your stringers on, I mean, that's that quick. 20 minutes worth of work. I mean, there's right. nothing nothing to it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and that's, that's how mine sat for quite a while because I didn't really get back to working on it. But now that I've got back to it, I've got the the sheets on it, so mm-hmm. it's sheeted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I see. I need to talk to you before I do stuff because I like <laughs> I get into a hurry and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try and get this done so that when he comes out, he can be like, oh my god, you're you're way ahead of me now, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I like. It's the a way competition. You're at me. Yeah, I know. But it's not. I don't know why I do that. Sorry, I catch I myself all the time. I now. know. With- I, I think you I have catch a fear. yourself doing that all the time because that's you're into that. You're, you're competitive. You don't I want to have, admit it, but you are. I have a fear of being left behind. I'm not going to leave you behind. Well, I might. I don't know. No, but January I, one, right? That's that's my our goal. new goal. Well, that's Dude, I think I'm that's doable. Trying. I, oh, I, I think so too. I think that's doable, especially after all the progress that we've had over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And I, by the if way, we can I, maintain that. I have the week of Christmas off, so I have a full week. Ah, oh, you son of a gun! I know, right? And then we have the Thanksgiving holiday. That's four well, days coming will, up too. You may have to come over and work on mine for me because I have to work that week. Do you really want me to do that, though? <laughs> You've seen the quality of my work. You've okay. seen the quality of my work. Do you want me well, to do that? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to address that right now. <laughs> so, oh, I I'm made scared. fun of. Uh, no, don't be scared. I made fun of you. In jest about the quality of your of your horizontal stab, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and retract some of that ribbing because your horizontal stab is every bit as good as mine. I quickly mm-hmm. looked at a couple of your glue joints and I was like, "Oh wow, look at that guy!" And then, and I applied that logic to your whole stab, but your your stab actually looks pretty doggone good, except. <laughs> Why? Stop it! What are why? you gonna? What are you gonna? The what, trailing edge. I don't know. I don't know why the trailing so Ron edge. Ron rounded off his trailing edge, folks, of his stab. But you say that like everybody's gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't believe you did that." I just think it's funny. I don't understand. <laughs> okay, so because clearly you didn't look at the plan. <laughs> does the plan say leave it square? <laughs> yes. Well, show a me. Where does section it... of it on the plan? Oh, is there? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's my fault then. <laughs> I don't know. I was out on the belt sand and I was like, oh, let's oh, just this round is all the edges. <laughs> I rounded that one too. But there's enough material there. That's a there thick is. enough piece to where I can just go ahead and But then your sand, sand will be that. shorter, just saying. No, because I already added like an inch and a half to the back of it over know, yours. But you're going to have to sand off at least a half an inch to take off that round. I job. will not. <laughs> my goodness. Sorry. That's but okay. anyway, my point is your build quality is fine. 
<laughs> and it really I aim, is. I aim for fine. That's all I can say. No, well, you know, okay. I don't want to go over fine. It's good. I'm, it's, uh, I don't know it's, if I'd say that. It's like, it's good. It's passable. Like I would, like if I, I would have no problems asking you to build a wing or a fuselage or a horizontal <laughs> stab for me if I couldn't do it for some reason. What, just on like a project you didn't care about? No, on any project. <laughs> Maybe not the duelist. It's, but any, any other, other project. project. <laughs> no. And it's, like I said, I build for myself. I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on it. And this one, like I said, I want to get through so we can move on to something else. Right. Um, I'm enjoying no. it. Don't get me wrong. Right. But this is not You're learning airplane. a lot. I am, actually. You really are. And that's that's one thing that, that I'm hoping to apply. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get better as you do things. Absolutely. So yep. the more we Practice build, the, the better perfect. I'll be. So. Yeah. So. But with the fuselage, so we're, yeah, we're what I have. was going to say is, so I, I got the, the sheeting on, and I wasn't quite sure how I wanted to do it because there's the compound curves. Yes. And that's very difficult. Very um, difficult. With I balsa, think. Especially eighth inch balsa. Right. To, to actually get that to where it's nice and, and curvy, mm-hmm. you know, to where it follows. Yep. So I used the wing bag, or not the wing bag, I used the, the vacuum, the vacuum bag, bag again. Um, and that actually, I think, worked pretty good, mm-hmm. except I'm going to need to get a new bag because I have so many holes in <laughs> Lots that. You know, of holes. There's just tiny holes, and it just happens from use. You know, obviously that stuff comes on a roll, so it's not like a thing that where you just buy Supposed it and use it over it. Yeah. and over and over again. Right. Um, but I don't have that much left, so I'm okay. kind of stuck with what I have until I buy more. Um but anyway, so my my vacuum pump, which the first time I used it, it ran like once every hour and a half. It would mm. have that much of a leak to where it just ran very little. This time it was about every minute and a half. Oh boy! Okay. Um, so big leaks. Yeah. But uh, it was able to hold pressure and stuff, and I didn't like I didn't realize until you came out and and said something about spraying it with Windex with mm. ammonia. Yeah, that's and my this, bad. I should have. I should have. At least talked about that before you. Well, and you might have already. Like, I I don't store everything that we talk about, <laughs> even though I probably should. But anyway, so there's like a lot of the balsa I think is under like a a, a decent amount of stress, and I'm I'm hoping it'll stay. Which I don't know why it wouldn't, because I mean the glue's on there pretty good. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So other than that, I mean, I think it looks pretty good. I just need to go out and get it sanded down and stuff on the belt sander again. Um, and, and we'll see how it turns out. The fuselage sides, you might want to do that by hand because that, well, that's only, you're only dealing with eighth of an inch of balsa there. So yeah, I was more talking careful. about the very top. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. That, oh, for the, sure. The turtle deck where that gets rounded that big over block and stuff. Goes? Yeah. 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 That's, hit that with the belt sander. That is very much, I mean, I, I did that long because I knew that was quarter inch balsa on there and it's got to be right. sanded down to, to shape. So that's my plan on that one. Cool. Um, sides, I don't think I'll need too much. It's just going to get touched with a, with a sander, just kind of smooth it all out. Yep. But, you yep. know, we'll see how it no, goes. No, I think it looks good. I may I may alter the order of things that when I build mine, if that makes sense. Oh, I like think I may I go ahead about. and yeah. you know figure out a way to to put the bottom cap on, maybe with some access holes for the stanchions or something. Because I I like having, especially when you're going to sheet a compound curve like this fuselage, I like having a nice solid place to anchor the sheeting at the. What at two ends in this case, the top and the bottom. Um, but I don't know, we'll see. I mean, yours looks good. I think you're gonna like once you slide that piece in there, once you get it cut at the bottom, the bottom cap, yeah, 
bottom it's a, cap. It's a bottom cap. I mean, you can I mean, it caps cap the, the bottom. bottom so right. cap what doesn't else? have to be on the top, right? I mean, technically, if I it's think upside it down, it's a cap. Then well, there you go. So there yeah. you go. Um, but anyway, once you have that piece <laughs> made and stuck in there, I think that's going to come together really, really nice. Actually. Yeah. So that's my plan. I, I didn't finish the bottom yet. Um, the 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 sides are rounded around and then not glued all the way down yet. Um, and I did that on purpose. Because with building that on the jig, I was not able to get the bottom cap. I'll call it cap. There you go. Okay. I was not able like to get it. the bottom cap on. So I wanted to make sure, though, that I didn't get any warp or twist in yeah. the fuselage when I got the sides on. So right or wrong, I don't know. But I know now I have enough structure to it to where I can do pretty much whatever I need on the bottom and on the, the bottom sides. Yeah. Like the bottom half it's of it. It's strong enough to withstand that. And it's not yep. going to twist on me. Yeah. So that was the reason I did it that way. Um, well, and, and plus I'll have, now you also have a handy access if you need to do anything inside the fuselage before you put that cap on, which is I, nice. Which the only things I still have to do on the inside is run the, the rod um, straw. I don't know. What do you call it? The little... Like for the the elevator and the the rudder uh, push rods, that oh, little the, straw the, thing that it goes the tubes, through the tubes, yeah, yeah. yeah, the outer push rod tubes, yeah, yep. So I need to run those through and and put them. So you're not going to put the servos in the tail? No. Oh, okay. I okay. thought about it, but I they're they're going to be mounted kind of farther back, like as far back as I could get in the the fuselage. I think that'll I, work. I think so too. Yeah. I mean, and it's. You know, if you need to put them back there, you can later. That's eighth-inch balsa back there. You put a little, you know, plywood on the inside and stick them back yeah. there if you need to. I just, I I don't necessarily like the look of seeing, yeah. you know, exposed I'm, servos on the side. Of I'm there with you. I, I prefer so, to have them not yep. hanging out in the breeze. <laughs> Although that's where my aileron servos are going to be. But Well, that's kind of normal is with ailerons. And they're on the bottom, so you only see them when you do the flybys. Close so most of the time, that's maybe I'll cover the bottom of the wing black, so they'll just like blend in. Oh, there you there go. go. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. See. Mm-hmm. Always thinking this guy. <laughs> but yeah, so that's all I got done on mine. But you know, we'll we'll see who gets finished first. Well, hopefully, we both get finished the week before January first, and we can iron out all the little details and then go fly them on January first. Speaking of which, I need to get. Like, I still have things I need to order. I need to order uh, the speed controllers I haven't done yet. I need to order the batteries. I haven't done that yet, which that's no big deal. But the part that I really need to pay attention to is the uh, the covering. I got to see I gotta see when I can get that stuff delivered because oh, I know right. that takes longer to yeah. get if right. I'm going to go with You're that gonna stuff. You're going to use the... The Hobby King stuff? I think I'll try it as long as I can get it in time. Dude, I'm telling you, I had great, you know, great luck, success, whatever, both success, with yeah, it. Maybe um, sure. when I used it on that little cloud dancer project. So um, that, it's it's worth trying. Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. this is when I'm fine trying something like that on. <laughs> right. So right. not something you'd want to put on your yak without first testing it on something else. Yeah, I don't plan on. <laughs> well, and I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I might Who end knows? up going with that on there. We'll see. Who knows? From a cost perspective, that it doesn't get much better than that. It's definitely easier to swallow spending eighty bucks on covering yeah, for, for a rolls, yeah. for a big plane like that as opposed to three or four hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, so we'll see. Cool. So that's uh, so that's that's it, huh? That's all you got done. Well, I mean, you took so much time. <laughs> I don't want to go into every detail. I know. On, I, yeah, I'm you sorry. Know, I every up. stroke I took with the <laughs> sandpaper and stuff, but yeah. 
Actually, not much with the sandpaper. Weren't you listening? It was a sand, the belt sander. Come on. Yeah. What did you use on the belt sander, though? What does that spin? Sandpaper. But it wasn't in strokes. It was a continuous... Stroke? No. Why? Uh, isn't... I'm not going to get into that with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you want to talk about tonight? Moving on. I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Hey. What? Go on. No, you No, first. you go. No, you first. No, I'm just going to stop here then. Me too. So let's talk about storing your airplane for the winter. Hey, winter is coming. Winter is coming. So apparently winter is coming. The phrase winter is coming is a reference to some popular show or something. <laughs> like I like I said it at work the other so, day. It's like, hey, winter is coming. And then somebody went off on this tangent about some name, character names from a show. And I, I was like, oh, yeah. I had no clue what he was talking about. So please forgive me, all those people that are fans of this, because I'm not 100% sure I'm going to speak with authority on this one. I think that's the first Game of Thrones episode. I think that is the title of the episode. Okay. I've heard people talk about that. Yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah, me either. But I think that's what I think that's an HBO thing, right? Could be. I don't get HBO. I don't either. That's probably why we haven't seen it. So anyway, yeah, winter is coming, and- Quicker than I like, apparently here. It's been windy for the past month, it seems like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's time to start thinking about uh, putting stuff away, at least for us folks that live in climates where we can't fly all year long. That is true. That's not everybody. Right. Some people are, are actually just coming into their warm season. Yeah. Uh, but did, for us- Did you say warm? I don't know. Did I? <laughs> warm? Warm season. Some people are coming up into their summer months- did you say worm season? Oh, Is it worm season now? We've gone off the rails. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Anywho, it's getting cold here. Yes. So we need to take care of our airplanes. Yeah. What are you going to do, Tom? Well, I do a lot of things. What are you going to do, Ron? <laughs> uh, do you want me to be honest, or should I tell you what I should do? Well, how about both? Okay. To be honest... Um, really not much difference because my planes are already stored, you know, they're already hanging. Oh yeah. Cause you don't fly them. So they're still stored from the previous year. I'm sorry. Where do you store yours? Do you store <laughs> yours in your car? No. I mean, so they're stored, right? That's true. Even if you fly them all Fair the time, enough. they're put away. Fair enough. Man, that's, that was, that was rude. <laughs> no. I got to um, take my jabs when I can because <laughs> you don't offer very many. Mine are hanging nicely in the garage. They are, um, which by the way. I like Thank you. the way you've got things um, there. And the batteries are already stored. Now, they're not all at storage charge. I will admit I have not done that. But so they're why you, all... Why don't you talk about that? Lipos and storage charge. What, so, is, what is that? Lipos, if if you have not listened to our battery episode, go take a... Let's assume that they have listen not. Listen to that. Because well, they did not want to hear you babble for you know an hour. But that was a good episode. Really I enjoyed was. that episode. That really was a lot was of a fun. Episode. If you haven't listened, go listen to it. That and the motor episode. Motor both, episode was fun, too. Both very good episodes. Yeah, I would I would say so. I, I, I did a good a job on those. So anyway, storing your, your lipos. Storing your lipo batteries is actually pretty simple. Um, you want to store them at 3.8, 3.85 volts per cell. Really, you don't need to know that. You can just put them on your uh, charger, and most, if not all, chargers really that store lipos will have a storage setting. Um, lipo batteries, the problem with them is they like to kind of eat themselves. Um, the chemistry inside degrades just being a lipo battery. It just goes bad over time. Right. Um, there's ways that we can kind of mitigate that and make it not be as, as big of a deal. 
um, which is why I store my batteries in the uh, refrigerator, mm-hmm. low humidity, and it's cold. That's where I store mine now, thanks that's, to you. That's where they like it. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't want heat. Heat speeds up that degradation. Um, and then the cool – freezing is also not good on them, but the cool, dry weather is good on them. Um, okay. So that's why, like I said, I keep mine in the refrigerator. You – at storage voltage, that is where they kind of eat themselves <laughs> the least. Oh, okay. Um, so – the least amount of damage over time at that voltage. Right. Okay. Uh, if it's too high voltage, like fully charged, then they go bad faster. Yeah. And if it's stored completely dead, they also go dead faster. So that's interesting because I used to, before I listened to your battery episode or our battery episode, <laughs> it's our episode, but you did all the research. I got to give you credit. But anyway, before I actually, you know, was a part of that. Um, I always just stored my lipos like I would store an ICAD or, a, or an IMH. You just run it up to full charge and let it sit. And I quickly discovered that that is a very, very fast way to destroy a lipo bat or at least yeah. make it puffy. You can do that. Uh, it just won't last very long. So, right. yeah. And that's, you know, they're expensive. Yeah. So I want to make them especially last. Especially the big ones. Especially the big ones. But I want to make them last as long as possible. Yeah, sure. And, you know, some of them don't get flown very often. Because, Mine too. you know, it just happens to where it's a plane that doesn't get flown too much. Or because it's electric. You don't have the time or, you know, just life happens. <laughs> and when you're spending up, you know, some batteries are upwards of a hundred bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. When you're spending that much money on them, they should last as long as possible. Yeah. So. So what if, what if, um, for example, uh, let's say we went out flying last weekend and I took uh, three charged LiPos with me. Brought them home, and since they're all above that, should I then discharge them down to that cutoff voltage, or should so I? So should you or would I? These are the questions. I mean, like, okay, ideally, yeah. When you're not okay. flying them, they're always going to be at that three point eight five okay. volts. Um, so whether they're discharged or fully charged, bring them up or down to that right. voltage for storage. That is the voltage where Got they it. do not degrade as fast. So don't let th- don't let them self discharge to that voltage over time. Take them down to that voltage Take them down and to that voltage. leave them there. Okay. Because lipos really don't self discharge a lot. That's so true. You, you don't have to worry too much. They, it's not like a NICAD or right. an NIMH to where they just especially an NIMH. lose it over time. Yeah. Um, you know, they all batteries kind of have that. But this is not the battery episode, so I'm not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> right. Yes, if it's above it, take it down to it. If it's below it, take it up to it. Okay. Just in reality, though, like I said, most of mine, especially if it's going to be like a week till I go out the next time or, or even less than that, most of the time I will have at least one or two batteries fully charged, especially for an airplane that I just like to take outside and fly here at the house. Um, because you never know when you're going to have a few minutes and the wind's going to be down, you know, it's going to be a good time to do it. Especially living out here where you live, because you, you can just go right outside and, and right. toss an electric in the air and go fly. Yeah. So that's why I, I usually have probably two batteries fully charged, ready to go. Um, but those aren't like the big expensive batteries. Right. Those are the, the cheaper 3S 1500 or 3S like 1300, I think is, is what I have on those. Uh, maybe some 2200s too. Um, but they're not like the, you know, 5,000 right. four cells or anything right. that's a little bit bigger. Um, so, yeah, just when you're not using them, take it down to that 3.85. And that's really the only thing that I worry about um, for a winter storage. Okay. So for me, 
most of my airplanes are not electric. Right. Uh, so I have batteries, but mostly a different type of battery, we've, which you know, we talked about back in the battery episode in IMHs, and I don't have any NICAD receiver batteries anymore. But um, those do require that you keep them topped off. Um, and we've talked about it in that episode, the, the NIMHs or the nickel metal hydride batteries, they they have a very nasty tendency to self-discharge very quickly. A very high discharge rate. Um, so for me, ideally, um, <laughs> I have a like a recharge plan, kind of. Ideally. So that, you know, on the first of every month or at the end of every month or whatever, I'll, well, before I even get to that, take all the batteries out of the airplanes. Oh, you do? I do. I do that. You actually, okay. Yep. I store, in the nitro airplanes, I will admit I store my batteries in the airplane. And that's fine. I do it just for simple matter, for the convenience of having the batteries on my workbench near my charger. Yeah. Because number one, that sort of prompts me, oh, has it been a while since I've charged all these? I better stick these on the charger and top them off, Uh, number one. And number two, like I said, it's just convenient to have them near the charger and it makes charging them easier. That way I'm not dragging my charger over across the basement to this airplane and then dragging it over here over here to this airplane or you know what I'm saying? No, I get it. That's what I do. I mean it, that, well, it I gets mean, to be a pain. Especially well, if you have I, a lot of batteries to charge, which yeah, I do. But I usually only do that before it's time to go fly them. <laughs> so I'll just leave them on the wall. You know, my That's charge a good way to get cell out. reversal, Ron. To what? That's a good way to get reverse uh, cell reversal. If you let them go too long, let's say you've got an airplane that's been sitting for a couple of years and you go to recharge a battery and bang, now the battery's down a third of its capacity because one of the cells is either dead or reversed. Oh, I see what you're saying. Makes sense. Yeah, okay, but it's $9.99 for I a new know, battery. That's true. So I'm okay but with that. But then you're, you know, what if you wanted to fly that airplane the next day? Then I say, hey, Tom, I need to borrow one of your batteries <laughs> or I take one of the receiver <laughs> batteries out of another airplane. Okay. I mean, Fair enough. I gotcha. I got you covered. That's true. So ideally, <laughs> you'll have all of your batteries at some handy spot near your charger, or if you can't, then you do what Ron does and don't do anything, or you drag your charger over to the airplane and top them off. Top them off at least, if if you can, ideally, monthly, but don't let them go more than a couple months, especially the NIMHs. Yeah, I never do that. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the look Ron just gave me was he does it all the time. Or I and he doesn't don't mind do it spending, all the time. He doesn't mind spending $10 on a new battery every time he wants to go fly. That's not true. <laughs> I never said that. So, yeah, you should do a little battery maintenance. Get your stuff, you know, ready for storage winter for its little winter nappy, nappy poo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nitro engines, you want to talk about that? Or shall I? I mean, I don't care. Since, I, I always put the after-run oil in when I'm done, so that's all I do on those two. And I really, honestly, honestly. that's all you need to do. Um, run, you know, the last flight of the season, hopefully the last flight that you flew with that airplane, you ran all of the fuel out of the, at least out of the engine, you know, disconnect the fuel line and run it till it won't run or start anymore. Yeah. And then give it a healthy dose of, uh, of whatever brew you like to use for your after-run oil. Yeah, so after it dies, naturally... Still flip it yeah, over several yeah. more times. Flip it over until it just will not. You'd be fire. surprised how much yeah. how much run you still get out of those. There's a lot of nooks and crannies that fuel can hide inside those little nitro engines. So yeah. you want to get all that out of there because the fuel attracts moisture. Hydroscopic. It is. I like that word. It's a big it, word. Yep. Yep. 
uh, attracts water, which is very harmful to the bearings that are inside your engines. Yeah. So run all that fuel out of there and then give it a healthy dose of after-run oil, whatever brew you like to use. Myself, I use a 50-50 you know, mix of uh, transmission fluid, automatic transmission fluid, and Marvel Mystery Oil. I just That's use I like the after-run oil. Yep, and that works too. Yeah. It's, it's the same stuff. I yeah, think, I don't know what it's made of, but I don't go through enough of it to where it's heck. Even if you wanted to use expensive, you know, motor oil, more power, any oil is better than no yeah. oil. You want something that does not get along well with water. And here's a handy little tip too: if you want to store your airplane so that it's nose down, or so that the engine is pointing down, if it's you know, if in the case it's a pusher or whatever, um, not a bad way to store them because then all that oil sort of congregates and sticks in the bearings to keep the keep the water and stuff out if you if you have the space for that sort of thing yeah so there you go uh, gas engines not a lot to do with those uh, you know maintain the ignition battery whatever flavor you you use um, and then me personally I like to leave gas in the carburetors yeah um, so when it I shut it, it pliable yep so when I shut it off at the end of the day or the last flight of the season I shut it off. I pull the fuel out of the tank so I'm not spilling fuel to get it in and out of the house. Um, and then I leave it. I, I leave the carburetor um, with whatever gas Plum is still in it. Plumb full with what's in it. Yeah, because that does uh, prevent the, the the diaphragm especially from, from drying, drying out. out. Yeah, I mean, getting hard. Now, do you ever use, uh, uh, oh, what's it called, like that stay bill in your, in your fuel? You know, I – so – I use it in my lawnmower and I use it in my the weed eater and I use it in stuff like that. I've never actually used it in a, in a, uh, a model engine, a gas model engine. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really see that there'd be any harm in it, but since usually they're not stored in such a harsh condition, like, like our lawn equipment, you know, like out in a cold garage or whatever. Mine's stored in a cold garage. Well, that's true. Um, but I don't and, freeze. Well, that's true. Um, so I don't know. There may be benefit to it, and uh, hopefully anybody who still might be listening at this uh, point in the podcast, <laughs> if they have an opinion, they they can hit us up in those number of different ways they can contact us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, I like to leave the carburetor wet on the gas engines. Me too. So that uh, pretty much covers that. So how, like on your electric airplanes, on the electric motors, how do you store those for the winter? <laughs> you don't have to do anything to them. It's awesome. Really nothing at all? No. You just put them away. And, put them away. Yeah, that's pretty What convenient. do you do with your electric motors? Well. Put them away? I just put them away. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, I mean, I, electric is awesome. Electric is convenient. <laughs> Awesome, I think, is what you meant to say, but right, convenient works right. too. So, so that takes care of the the, the power system, right? Mm -hmm. uh, batteries take care of those. The engines take care of those. Let's talk about the airframes. Okay. So now would be a great time to look over the airframe, just like you would in the spring when you're getting ready to fly. Um, but now that if you're like us, you're putting some of your or most of your airplanes away for the winter, not going to be doing any flying. So now would be a great time to divert your attention to maintenance or repair. So give that airframe a good once over, maybe look over the landing gear block area where the landing gear, you know, mounts to the airframe, make sure there's no cracks in the glue joints and stuff like that, because now would be a great time to repair that uh, and discover it now rather than on your first landing of next season when you <laughs> when pull the block tears out. tears off, and, yeah. Yeah, pokes holes in your wings because of the wheel pants or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so go over the airframe, fix anything that's, that's, uh, that's broken, now that you're going to have time since you're not going to be flying. 
but you're going to be building. Well, hopefully you're going to be building something new. Yes. But me, so like for me personally, I like, I like set these goals and and I, and I'm like, okay, I can't. Do you ever meet them though? Well, sometimes. Okay. So I, I'll be like, uh, you know, I really, really, really want to start on the, let's say, the dualist fuselage. And I want to do that. But before I'm going to let myself get started on that, I got to finish this other little project. And maybe that's a, a landing gear block repair or something. So oh. if I if I set myself, you know, these little taskers to do yeah. before I can do the fun stuff, taskers? it gets done. Yeah. Taskers. taskers. Yeah. Huh. You've heard that word, right? Never heard that word. Taskers? No. It's a task that I have to do before I can move on to the next. Yes. Oh. So where does the ers come from? Maybe that's a military thing. I don't know. We use them oh. all the time where I work. Could be. Huh. Interesting. I don't know. I'm I not thought, military, so well, sure. I thought everybody. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah. If you're building something new over the winter, that's awesome. But uh, how about repairing the stuff for next season first? Well, hopefully you don't have a lot of repairs to do. So you'll have plenty of time. For There's building. always repairs to do. I said, hopefully you don't have a lot there's, of repairs to listen, do. Listen, there, there's always repairs oh, you can okay. do. Okay, I'm sorry. You can patch maybe a hole in a covering that's been bugging you for months. Well, maybe you don't have a hole that's been bugging you for months. Or maybe you can replace a wheel that's flat spotted because you didn't store the thing properly last season. Here we go. Sorry, I got to get on my soapbox, right? <laughs> We're storing airplanes and you can't talk, or I can't talk about storing airplanes without also talking about one of my biggest pet peeves. Flat spots on the tires. Oh my gosh, that drives me nuts. Yeah, but if you store it. And they're it, so easy to avoid. <laughs> if you store it at the right intervals on each part of that tire, it'll become round again. So all the flat spots will just work out to be round. No. No? That's not how no, it works. No, that's not how it works. So if you have, if you have to store it on its tires, okay, mm-hmm. let's just say you don't have a choice. Okay. How do you do it? Well, ideally, with as minimum amount of weight on the tires as possible. Okay. So, what about like making blocks that match the fold diameter? Up some towels and put the between the fuselage and the. I don't know. Figure out a way so that there's not weight <laughs> on the tires. If you have to store your airplane right side up on the gear, yes, make yourself a little wooden block to act as a as a jack. Right. Set it under the gear to get the weight off of the tires, please. So when Please you say under that. the gear, not under the actual wheels, set it under the uh, yeah the, uh, the axle. Either the axle that's maybe still sticking out, or or maybe a block that fits up, you know, between the gear legs and you know keeps the weight off the tires, or maybe even something that goes all the way up to the to where the gear mounts to the fuselage, or anything you can do would sure make me feel a lot better about your storage situation. Take the wheels off if it's going to be a while. Well, there you go. That's Just actually a, a... Pull the collar off and let it sit right there on the metal landing gear. perfectly acceptable solution. I aim for perfectly acceptable. Yep. Good. I just, you know, wheel collars, I I have this thing about wheel collars. <laughs> I said something wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrong. It's, it's I, just a thing I have. I don't like... so. Many times in the years that I've been doing this, wheel collars are like the bane of keeping your gear or your wheels on the axle shafts. Like, so you grind a flat spot, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody does that where the set screw goes through the collar and engages the axle. Everybody grinds a flat spot for the set screw to set on, right? Everybody should be. Hopefully everybody says yes. But if you don't, what happens? Well, the thing spins off as soon as you get side load on the wheel, and then off comes the wheel, and hopefully 
you're not in a wheel pant because then you're trying to fish the the it's a pain. <laughs> and I don't like using Loctite. It's no secret. I'm not a huge fan of it. I know it has its purpose and I do use it. I'm not saying I don't use Loctite where it's appropriate, but I don't like using it. Um, and you almost have to use it on the gear. Even if you've ground a flat spot on the axle for the set screw, you're yawning. But sorry, I know it's boring stuff, but to <laughs> me, it's just one of those little yes. things. So by your logic, you know, just pull the tires off and store it right on the gear, fine. But that's still going to more than likely require you to remove a wheel collar. And if you've Loctited the thing on there, it's now you're going to be stripping out the threads or the head of the thing because you don't have a proper fitting wrench. And then now you've got a whole other issue that could have been avoided if you just made a little block or some other way to store the airplanes was not sitting on the gear or on the tires specifically. I have never regretted the comment more than I regret <laughs> saying, take the wheels off. That was a split second decision that I made that I, I should not have done. And everybody, I'm well, sorry. Well, that's what I do. I aim to make people sorry they spoke. <laughs> <laughs> That's you do a true. great job. That's a, oh well, <laughs> wait a minute. Um, so yeah, you could take the wheels off, and uh, that way, and thus avoid the flat spotting of the tires. But apparently, just, the nope, wheels are going to no, fall off next I'm time you fly it, and you're going to strip the screw or the screws and all that right stuff. There. So there we go. But yeah, so store the airplane properly. Go over the airframe. Make sure there's no damage that uh, you know it's going to come back and bite you on your first flight next season. Mm -hmm. um, take the take advantage of the off season to to do those repair works. Maybe even set that as a little carrot before you get started on your new project. A, a carrot? Yeah, a carrot. Okay. You know, like like dangling in front of the. I know what you're talking about. In front of the donkey. Yeah. Or a horse. Or a horse. Or, right. Or whatever. Yeah. Or <laughs> oh, I'm not going to say it. Um, hey, so one other thing that I wanted to mention about storage. Oh, good, there's about, more. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> no, almost. it's fine. What do you got? What do you got? So with nitro modeling, mm -hmm. uh, we usually have some field equipment that we take to the field, and that's worthy of some uh, some storage uh, thought also. Okay. Usually you're going to have a battery that operates your electric starter if you're so inclined to use one. So that battery is going to require either a charging or... If it's a pair of LiPos, storage charges, or if it's a, a you know one of those big lead acid batteries that you want to keep that thing topped off, maybe put a battery tender on it. Mm -hmm. If it's a big twelve volt battery, make sure it's a good battery tender though. Yeah, the cheap ones from Harbor Freight, they, they I have not had good luck with those. They kill my battery. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've had that happen to a few of them. Mm -hmm, me so. too. So, and I think that's because they put. I don't know if it's too much voltage or what, but they're they're overdoing the battery and they're like burning it out. So yeah. I've I've done that, and I, I think the ones that are like, what, five bucks if you get them on yeah. sale, they don't work. I've used some like 40 or $50 ones before, too. Work great. Uh-huh. So you get what you so pay for. You do, actually. In that particular case. For that one, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, if you've got nitro fuel in your field box, um, you obviously want to get that off the concrete floor. If you have a concrete floor like I do where I store all my stuff in the basement, um, put that up on a shelf somewhere, preferably something insulated or maybe a, a block of wood or something because, believe it or not, concrete is porous and so is the plastic jug that your fuel is stored in. So as we've mentioned before, nitro fuel attracts moisture and you can pick up moisture through the floor and render your fuel unusable. So hold on. You said to put it on a wood block though? Something that will insulate it from the, from the moisture that comes through on your concrete floor. 
Wood. Or that sweats on your concrete floor. I was going to say wood also is porous and has moisture in it. Right. But so with temperature and humidity changes, you know, sometimes concrete floor can sweat and get that slime film or whatever on it. You, I know you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Like out in, a, out in your shed, I'm sure you've been out there, like especially in like when it when it goes from like cold to warm. And sometimes you get that little bit of condensation on stuff that's stored outside. Okay. I'm on, thinking, I'm sorry. I'm thinking like in a basement and stuff. And I, we, you don't get the uh, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. out in my shop, I have right. had. Yeah. Sorry, the, I should have specified that. Whatever it's called, the dewy yeah, stuff, especially when it's really wet outside. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, get the you know get the fuel so that it it doesn't attract some. Get it someplace where it won't uh, won't attract won't moisture. Wick the moisture. In. And I've heard I don't know if there's truth to this or not, but they people say keep it out of direct sunlight. I don't know what sunlight has to do with alcohol and. I mean, it could break it down, I guess. Maybe. I, guess maybe. I don't know. Um, I mean, sunlight does weird things. If you store things. it in a metal can, all those points are moot. That is true. So We all like a moot point. It was moot. Very so, moot. So yep. get your metal cans and, yeah. and fill them up. Fill them up with fuel so you can fly <laughs> next season. I don't know. I don't either. So that, uh, that pretty much is uh, all I wanted to hit on storing yeah, for the winter, uh, if you have to. Luckily, not everybody in this country or who listens to us has to do this. But here for us uh, folks in the Midwest, at least where, where we're at. Winter is coming. Yeah. We'll Snows be, are coming and yeah. freezing skis. temperature. The skis will be fun, though. Yeah. We might have to You're going to fly your duelist off with skis. I don't know that. Well, you it might not even. I know, but it might not even be snowy. <laughs> well, that's true. It might not So be. skis on grass is kind of weird. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you can just use your gear. Right. Yeah. Mm. We'll okay. see. Time will Time tell. Time will tell. So hopefully next week I'll have a fuselage update, hopefully. I'm not sure when I'll get to work on it, but because I you know, have to work all week and then have stuff. You know, Friday, I think, is the first opportunity I'm going to have to work on it. Wow. Well, okay, cool. So you better like have lots of stuff done by Friday. I don't. We'll see. <laughs> I cannot promise anything. You know, I really like the days when I when I came over to do our recording. I came downstairs. And I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, you got this done, and you didn't tell me. Oh, this is awesome." Those I want to get. I want to get back to that. <laughs> Those days are few and well. That was how it was supposed to be this weekend. By the way, when you came over tonight to see it, you would have been like, "Oh my goodness!" But you came over yesterday to pick up well, the, the that, base. That was my reaction yesterday. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it looks good." Yeah. <laughs> No, it really Such does. Such a disappointment. No? No, it looks good. It's I, fine. Yeah, I mean, really once does. it's sanded, it'll be better. Yeah. I, I have I have some, not anxiety, but some apprehension about uh, when it comes time for me to sheet mine. I don't know why. I just don't, I'm not a fan of sheeting. I'm not either. I mean, that's by far the most unfun thing I've done on this. Although you got to use a fun new tool to do it. Which but is kind of cool. That it, it's still stressful. Yeah. Because you know when you start gluing that, that is all you're going to be doing. The until clock you're is done. ticking. Yeah. yeah. And I it's like, it. leave me alone, everybody. I cannot be bothered. So it's Got okay, it. though. Okay. All right, cool. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about? So that's it for me. Okay. Well, everybody, um, until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Tom. Good night. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us directly.
contact at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle. Oh, my God.